You are listening to the Staffing Tech Podcast Series. In this series, staffing executives offer valuable insights for leaders across the industry to learn from. The ultimate goal of the podcast is to elevate the discussion of staffing technology, provide actionable insights to decision makers, help listeners learn from the experience, successes, and sometimes failures of leaders who have innovated and are moving the space forward and enhance the future state of the staffing industry. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. What are your thoughts in terms of just where the, the industry is as, as a whole in terms of technology adoption? Well, I and then think where do you, or I was going to say, like, where do you see yourselves? Are you guys, are you guys early, early adopters, innovators, ahead of the curve, kind of conservative adopters? Well, I think, you know, I'll say this. Five, six years ago, we started developing a tool. And we went out and found a dev shop. And we had yeah. all these ideas on what we wanted to build and what we wanted to do. And so, yeah, were we early adopters? I think we were, we were like a lot of companies go out on this kind of this venture to create, to create software to make your company better. And then you quickly find out, right? You pay your tuition over five, six years <laughs> that you're like, wait a minute, we probably should have talked to our customers before we thought, you know, our idea was the right one. But, you know, you kind of pay as you pay your tuition as you go. But yeah, we, no, we were kind of early adopters. I mean, we bought a software company in, in Paris, France, Talent Today. That is a very neat organization that was just really built on this idea that, you know, if you could assess soft skills in an individual that you could get closer to matching them to a, a career or a job. And so we, we've really felt, felt and have been passionate around, around that statement. I think soft skills really are a big predictor of a lot of things. And so we purchased that organization. You know, we have that business in Europe right now. And during, during COVID, it's obviously been a tough, you know, tough go in, in Europe, especially France with, with the lockdowns and whatnot. But we brought that business recently to the United States. And we're seeing a lot of customers and, and, and folks really interested and excited about talent today. So we have been an early adopter where I see the industry going. I see segments of the industry that are are resisting it a little bit. I have a few friends that, you know, we're plugging into Bullhorn, but we're a relationship-based organization. And that's kind of where we're going. We have other folks that are that are interested, that are more of a lagger, but really interested and they want to plug into stuff. They don't want to be software developers because that's not what they do. So they're interested and they're willing to plug into stuff and, and, and try to, you know, stay relevant in this, in this ever-changing world. And then we see, obviously, there's companies that are starting with technology that, you know, recently there was a nurse staffing business that, you know, it's kind of, it's a platform that, you know, you kind of, you know, pick your, you know, pick your shift and, you know, you, the shifts get confirmed and it's all done through a platform. And so I think we're at a really unique inflection point as, a, as an industry that there is obviously going to be some technology disruption. And I think at our core, if you're a really good service and a really good company, that you're going to have to, I, I would say, you're going to have to lean into this, this, you know, next phase of your business. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, you got to become the best version of yourself in 2021 to 2025. And that might be that, you know, where relationships come first might not be your tagline, you know, it might change a little. Yeah, that's fascinating. And so in terms of the, uh, you, you've kind of done the whole, the whole spectrum. You've tried to build software internally. You've, uh, you obviously bought talent today. And so, you know, you've acquired a technology company and incorporated it. I believe you guys are actually leveraging it yourselves internally, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And also they're obviously selling to, you know, clients as well. 
And then obviously you're also licensing. So, you know, one of our observations has been, we obviously survey, you know, uh, uh, staffing companies in every year. One of our, you know, findings has been that staffing companies seem to almost be overconfident, I would say, in their, their ability to uh, develop technology or develop their own solutions in-house, maybe underestimate kind of, you know, the tuition cost, as you called it. So I'm just curious, your, you know, experience, you know, trying to develop internally, if you, if you had any learnings there, or if you can share kind of what you were trying to build, maybe, and then just your overall thoughts, like if, if, uh, if a company was coming to you and was like, here's, you know, maybe something we want to do, you know, we're thinking about building it ourselves, or, you know, we're thinking about acquiring a company, or should we just license it? Like, like, how would you approach making that decision? There's a lot, lot there, but, you know, I, I remember the, when I, I went to ask this question, to my YPO group and to another peer group that I was in, I said, hey, we're going to start to develop software. And a, and a good friend of mine, Mike Maddock from Maddock Douglas said, Andrew, you're not a software company. And, right. and, and I did this before and I spent a lot of money to get an, an MBA that I don't know if I wanted. And so, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I didn't, I didn't listen because, because I thought, you know, we can do this. And and we really, we built something that right now we're super proud of, but it, it took, you know, it really took us probably six years to get to a point and we spent a lot of money getting there. I, I would say probably the, probably the biggest mistake we made is if you're going to go and, you know, have a black ops team per se, that is going to focus solely on building a tool and their sole job is to do that. We had people that had full-time jobs at medics that were kind of had one foot in one area, one foot in the other. Right. And I think that over time you start to see that that's difficult. You know, that's a, that's a difficult proposition on the, on the converse side in with town today in, in France, they're a software company. So you know, that's what they do. And, and yeah, and you can see you can see kind of the scrum methodology or how they go about their business and how they go about completing tasks and how the product team does their work. It's really different and was really different and, and a, a better education, I, I guess I could say, than than what I experienced before by just trying to develop something, you know, on my own. There's a lot of data out there that I'll tell you if you're going to do it. You know, don't build something that you think the market wants. Let the market tell you what to build. And, and so being thoughtful around creating or around collecting data and information, you know, Jim Collins's bullets and cannonballs aren't talked right. about book great by choice for, or, you know, just, just because, you know, figuring out what is a bullet and how do you pilot and test stuff to make sure that it's working. And then, you know, obviously shooting cannonball and launching. I would say if we could do it all over again, I might've thought of, is there an incubator or some places I can go where I could invest in a couple companies and do some things differently, but I'm excited about where we are today. Really excited about it. Very cool. And in terms of the, the talented acquisitions, I think that's pretty phenomenal for a couple of reasons. One, you know, you're a big company, but you're not like a deco big. And so, you know, normally when we, when we think about like, oh, you know, staffing company acquiring a technology company, it's usually, you know, the big guys, the decos and Ronstads or recruits that are, that are making kind of the notable acquisitions. I always think it's cool when, you know, somebody who's not at that scale, it does an acquisition in the technology space. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, would, there's, there's, there's thousands of, talent acquisition technology companies out there right now, you know, a lot of them probably aren't going to get maybe the exit that they, they were, uh, you know, originally looking for, you know, do you think there's an opportunity for more, you know, small to mid-size 
staffing companies, you know, to put deals together like the one that you did with with Talent Today? What I'll tell you is that I think I think we got a little lucky. You know, we were at an we were at an SIA event. You know, at those events, David, we meet all sorts of people at all the all the events that you go to from from industry events you go to. A, a right. lot of time, a lot of times you go there and you end up. You know, a lot of people end up hanging out with with the people from their company. You know, they do their own meetings or whatnot. I, I have enjoyed going the, going to those over the years and meeting a lot of different type of people. And you go there to, to get educated, learn, ask a lot of questions, whether it's ASA or SIA, you want to go and get smart, right? So yep. I was at a, an SIA event and I, I had met someone and we were talking about technology and I was explaining to that person what we were doing and what we were trying to build. And then I found out about this company in Europe and it's, you know, it's helped us here in the United States. It's been, it's been really fun in Europe. Kind of what I'm trying to get at is that you know, I had a really, you know, I had a really good network. I was involved in industry stuff and I knew what I was looking for. Right. It wasn't just like a mandate, like we need to buy a technology company. You kind right. of already had this, this model in your mind. Yeah. And it just happened to, to fall into place. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the look I got from the person, like, wait a minute, what, what are you trying <laughs> to like, Yeah, actually, I know, I know of a company that does exactly that. And I think they'd be willing to sell, you know, for, you know, for us, you know, spending time, understanding what our strategy map was, where are we taking the company? What do we feel like from a technology perspective that we need to do to win? And when you talked about an early adopter before, David, uh, one thing I'll tell you is that, you know, it's kind of like, what do we need right now? What can help us right now? And where are we going? So, right. so, so that was the piece of what we needed right now and where we were going. So it fit kind of two areas that that sometimes, you know, I don't think that we have to flip medics on its ear and become completely autonomous and do something drastic. I don't, I don't think that at all. I think that, that staffing companies serve a purpose that providing contingent labor, especially in the world we're in today, is super strategic for a lot of different organizations. And you've seen in the pandemic how we have stepped up as an industry and really, you know, been able to, to help. In some cases, you could say save lives or develop drugs or you know, give, give healthcare people a breather when they needed it and get, and get creative, you know? So, so we provide an amazing service It has just been more amplified during the pandemic with all of us at home ordering DoorDash and then DoorDash is telling you, okay, the food's picked up. It's going to be here. You know, right. we're starting to behave, you know, it takes 10,000 hours to create a, you know, create a habit. We're creating habits right now. So what yeah. does that mean for us as a global business community? But then when you boil it down to the staffing industry and how people consume our, our service, there will ultimately be some changes. I think the principles of the business will stay the same and how we behave will stay very much the same. But, but it's important that we just kind of recognize some facts, I think, as an industry. It's an excellent point. So in terms of the, you know, the tech that you've leased or licensed, the tech stack that you've kind of built internally, just curious, what have been, you know, the most effective or which tools have kind of, you know, had the biggest impact on your business over the last three to four years? And if you're concerned maybe about mentioning specific vendors, you might might just call it kind of the categories. But yeah, just curious what, you know, kind of internal facing tech that, that either you've built internally or you've licensed has kind of had the, the, the biggest impact on, you know, the overall either growing revenue, decreasing costs, increasing efficiencies. Yeah, I mean... You know, obviously we're a bullhorn customer, so I'll just, you know, I'll just say that, you know, yep. 
a great relationship with Art, and he's been really thoughtful to us as a, as a, as a partner. So, I mean, I no hesitation in mentioning them, and I think that they're you know they're the you know the big player in in our industry. So, you know, when you start with that piece, you know, then you look around and find out which other you know groups kind of fit into that. I think that our platform that we built internally to support our customers and give our customers different insights and data that help us, we think, you know, have a competitive advantage, you know, they've been a really good tool. Sense has been a good partner, you know, so we've had, you know, we've had, we've had companies like that. And I think that we've spent time building this flywheel. Again, I'll go back to Jim Collins and and understanding if you're really thoughtful around, you know, Jim Collins has this new mini book called the flywheel. And if you're really thoughtful around, you know, externally spending time building the flywheel and then internally spending time building the flywheel to see kind of what makes your machine go and, and what things can you do? What do your customers value? You know, and then you start with different technologies. And again, having that strategy map, it does help you pinpoint on what you're going to build and then what you're going to plug into. And for us, yeah, there's been a lot of neat partners in the industry that we've, you know, that we've been able to dig in with again going to going to different trade shows and spending time understanding what people are building really helps thank you for listening to the second episode of the executives talking tech podcast series stay tuned for the next episode medic ceo on innovation scaling and adopting disruptive technologies that will change the staffing industry